Fries on the Farm podcast. My name is Donovan Jones. I am your host. I'll be your solo host today with uh, Roy. My co-host Roy is uh, taking the, the day off. He is a Padre fan and he is a season ticket holder. So he is, he's going in 12 out of the next 13 games. Um, so you just got me for, uh, for this episode, episode 12. And let's get started. Jacob Nix is being promoted to the Major League Club, has been promoted to the Major League Club after a, after one AAA start, and has already made a start in the bigs last week. Um, going six strong innings with no uh, no runs. He did really well. He retired 12 out of the last 13 uh, hitters he faced. Um, also, 19-year-old Hudson Potts has been promoted from the California League in Lake Elsinore to AA San Antonio. Potts had 17 homers, 58 RBIs, with a 281, 350, and 498 batting line. Um, and he's done pretty well. We'll go over that a little bit later on. Uh, next up, more movement. Just there's tons and tons of movement. You guys already know this, but I need to go through it and let those that don't know know. Uh, right handed Michel Baez and right handed relief pitcher Elliot Ashbeck has been promoted to the missions. Baez had a 2.63 ERA. 65 strikeouts and 16 walks over 54 and two-thirds innings in those final 10 starts for Lake Elsinore. Travis Radke has been sent to the storm from the missions on to El Paso. Like, he's been, was in the storm, uh, started when St. Uh, Fort Wayne, pardon me, went to the storm, was in double A for maybe one game, had that three-inning stint, and now he's up with uh, El Paso and triple A. Um, also moving up, is a catcher, Michael Cantu, from AZL all the way up to the Storm. So he's, he's just steps right over um, Tri-Cities and goes right to the Storm. And we'll have more on him a little bit later on. Also moving up from AA up to AAA, my boy Ty France, who had a 263, 349, 448 uh, slash line with career highs in homers, 17, and RBI, 77, and 112 games with the missions. Um, infielder River Stevens has also been transferred up to El Paso. Also coming up from Double A up to Triple A is Logan Allen. Logan Allen had 125 Ks and 121 innings in Double A with 10 wins, a 2.75 ERA that led the Texas League. Uh, he was just dominating in Double A, so it's really good to see him get moved up. It's really good to see uh, you know a guy like Ty France get moved up. That isn't gonna. It isn't any of the top prospects, but it's just a solid player, hard nose, uh, get it done type of ball player. And I'm really happy for those guys. Um, and that is about it for all the promotions. Let's go on to what else we got. With uh, with that, we're going to go on to the Major League Minute real quick, and then we'll get into the affiliates. Uh, right now, Robert Stock in his last seven games has 15 Ks and 13 and a third innings pitch. He's hit 100 miles an hour. And uh, MLB caught that on the uh, on the game and then tweeted it uh, later on as a gift from those guys at MLB, which was really cool to see. It's really cool to see the Padres and some of their new, you know, the young talent getting recognized by the Major League Ball Club. Although I must say this before I go on, that the uh, tie-breaking grand slam that Hunter Renfro hit the other night for the Big League Club uh, did not get no love on a night when they had four different home runs. Uh, from the MLB. So um, that was kind of funny. Twitter kind of blew up on that for a minute. But I digress. Uh, another flamethrowing pitcher, Trey Wienter, in three games, has five Ks and is not allowed to run. Um, he is, my my opinion, he will be our closer in, in no time. I, I love Kirby Yates in the big league club, but I just think Trey has the size, 
the velocity and the devastating slider to be a closer and having closer stuff. So that's the Major League Minute. We'll be right back with uh, our affiliate rundown. Stay tuned. And welcome back. Let's get to our um, affiliate rundown starting in El Paso. Uh, last Thursday, Ty France uh, went two for four with a homer and a run scored. He is Rule 5 eligible, so it's going to be real interesting um, to see if the Padres put him on the 40-man. Um, I, you know, I don't know for sure if they will or not. And I'm afraid that if he is not put on the on the uh, on the 40 man, he might get picked up. But um, we'll see what the big league club does. And I hope he gets put on the 40 man. I hope he gets a shot. Um, if not this year with a September call up, definitely uh, get a hard look uh, next year. But uh, he is Rule Five eligible. Uh, that Thursday, also Dylan Overton pitched six innings and allowed just one earned run. The lefty doesn't have he doesn't have big time stuff, but he's got a sub three uh, ERA in the Pacific Coast League, which isn't too bad. And it's just his last start again. Uh, I think it was last night. Um, he also pitched another six innings of really good ball. He's twenty seven years old. He's uh, you know he's not a top prospect, but he could definitely. Um, Work his way into a into a spot start here, or uh, maybe even throw him in the bullpen if um, if need be. But that's last Thursday. Moving on to Saturday, Logan Allen had his AAA debut through six shutout innings, allowed just four hits with three walks while striking out six. Um, he did great. You know, that's I mean, that's what you want from him is to go there and just. Keep delivering what he's been doing. Solid pitching, mixing it up with the fastball, change up in the curveball, and doing really well. Uh, the sixth inning, it took it took Allen to his 127th inning for the season. He threw 125 this uh, last year. So one of the questions and one of the things that I think the organization is really going to look at is maybe piggybacking him with other pitchers, um, either moving someone up or just limiting his innings uh, while still trying to stretch him out. Um, wouldn't be surprised. Um, I doubt he gets a call up this year, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him pitch, maybe skip a start here or, um, you know, pitch a few less innings uh, per outing as we go forward into the last, what, six, seven weeks of the season. Um, and particularly if the big question is if they make the playoffs, um, will they, they have him pitch the playoffs, which I'm sure they would. Moving on to Sunday's game. Cal Quantrill, second start for the Chihuahuas, went better than his first, and his first wasn't that bad. Uh, he allowed one run over six hits, uh, uh, six hits over six innings, uh, striking out six with only one walk. These are two starts from him uh, in Triple A that are really encouraging. Um, I might have said this last episode, but I think you know something got into Cal's head a little bit with maybe the familiarity with the league, them seeing him so much. Uh, that they were familiar with his pitching, um, coupled with maybe uh, working on some sequencing or, or other things with his development that kind of, you know, showed in, in the, uh, the, you know, not the performances that we were expecting to get, and certainly not the consistency that we were hoping for. But these two starts uh, in AAA are really encouraging because, once again, he's, you know, it's AAA. You're seeing even a higher caliber player than you are in AA. I know that kind of sounds silly. But it's true, and uh, with every with every step up, you get better. You know, you get better hitting, you get better pitches. So, um, we're really happy for Cal getting that done, and we'll continue to watch his development in AAA. Maybe even, and I wouldn't be surprised because it 
him getting moved up from AA to AAA seemed kind of surprising to most people. I would not be surprised if the Padres did bring him up for a September 1 call-up or at least a spot starter here after uh, after they make the playoffs or after they're done with their run in the playoffs in AAA. Um, since then, since Trey Wigginter and Robert Stock have moved up, uh, Rowan Wick has now stepped into the closer's role. And uh, also in that game on Sunday, Ty France had a single, a walk, and a sack fly. He's hit 308, 333, and 538 for the series in his AAA debut. So that's really good to see um, see Ty, you know, just keep going from where he left off in AA. Moving on to Tuesday to round out the uh, El Paso uh, roundup. To <laughs> The, uh, to round up the El Paso rundown, excuse me, thank you very much, uh, lefty Travis Radke made his first appearance in AAA. We talked about him getting moved up earlier and collected a save. So him and Rowan Wick are both going back and forth with, uh, you know, maybe closer by uh, committee or just to see, you know, just to get those guys the experience. Um, he has a 1.95 ERA across all four professional levels this year. Remember, he's Radke started uh, in Fort Wayne this year, a rehab, and he's 25, I think 26. Um, now he's where he, last, last time we talked about him, he was in AA. Now he's up in AAA. So good to see him not only move up, but being uh, put in pressure situations where, you know, for at least for AAA, it's a, um, you know, it's a high pressure situation. Uh, also, Luis Urias uh, has a solid 380 OBP and a 794 OPS. Both above average for AAA, only two qualifying batters with a better OBP in the league are still under 25. So say what you you know say what you want about Luis Urias and the seasons that he's having, but this past month has really he's really turned it on. He's really starting to show what we always expected out of him. And um, you know, heard an interview earlier with. Um, Sam Guini and uh, Dennis Lynn from The Athletic basically saying that we'll be seeing Luis Urias uh, once they're done with the playoffs. So it's good to see that he's getting his feet underneath him and being the Luis Urias that we love and know with high walks, uh, lots of contact, and uh, lowering his strikeouts. So let's move on to San Antonio. Um, Fires is a great Great interview with, uh, I think, is one of the most under-the-radar, underrated players in our system in Kyle Overstreet. Now, Kyle Overstreet was a catcher uh, for a real long time until they brought up Austin Allen and they moved Overstreet over to first. Now, Kyle Overstreet, was he was drafted as a second baseman, and I didn't know this until I read the article that he was, he was drafted as a second baseman. They moved him to catcher. Had him over first base most of this season, and then have him. Guy, last I think I just saw him in second base, so he's all over. And uh, it's a really good article. I think he's, you know, he's along the lines of, you know, kind of that Ty France under the radar, just you know, consistent but not superstar or not, you know, blow you out of the water numbers, but just a hard nosed everyday journeyman baseball player. And I think there's a future for both him and Ty France, if not with the Padres, on a major league roster, on the 25, contributing to a team. Um, it would be great to see both those guys up in the big club and maybe giving themselves a chance to, uh, you know, make their way. But um, anyways, I just go on my little rant there for uh, for my boy Cal Street and Ty France. Um, give me, let me give you a little teaser on the, uh, on the article here. Question. When you're at the plate, do you find yourself thinking like a catcher? For some guys, it screws them up. For others... See it as a benefit. 
And Kyle answered, for me, it's just trying to look fastball, stay in the middle of the field, and adjust to off-speed. It does help being a catcher because you have to have a pretty good idea of what's coming in in each situation. For me, keeping it simple is the biggest thing. I get in trouble when I begin to overthink. You know, and that's that's exactly what you want to do as a hitter. Yeah, I think, uh, was it, was it uh, not Ty Cobb, but... Um, Yogi Bear that says you can't think and hit at the same time. Well, you can't. You have to go up there with a plan, but you can't overthink it and just react to the pitches that you're you're given. And then pick your pitch and attack. Um, so that's a nice little article. There's tons of content coming from Mad Friars with interviews from just recently. I saw Xavier Edwards, Luis Asuncion. I think I really butchered his last name. Um, but check him out. Drop the coffee for one day, five bucks, Mad Friars, premier minor league content. Also, check out The Athletic. There's some uh, really great article with um, with Dennis Lynn, with Sam Gini, um, Zach Bunt Dustin from uh, Padres Twitter, and Zach Bunt Dustin. Uh, Dustin Pommier, I can't pronounce his last name, but he also writes for, uh, for The Athletic. Excellent articles from him. And uh, don't forget to check out the East Village Times and East Village Times podcast. Uh, that's my local push for the local boys. Uh, all three have excellent content. Uh, moving on. I don't remember here. I'm by myself. So I, I, I just, I'm, I have no one to filter me. I have no one to stop me. <laughs> and only you guys can shut it off whenever you want. But um, I'm going to kind of get back on track here with last Thursday, Chris Paddock. Um, well, actually, you know, pitch five innings allowed a run, and that ballooned his ear, right, at 1.38. He had four Ks. He hasn't allowed more than two runs since being in San Antonio. Batters are hitting just 122 against him. And in his past six starts, Paddock, in 32 and two-thirds innings pitch, has 15 hits, five runs, three base on balls, and 31 Ks. So that... You know, that's just Chris Paddock being Chris Paddock. And I believe he is pitching tonight. Hudson Potts in that game last Thursday had two walks and a run scored in his debut and was on deck in the ninth with bases loaded when uh, Buddy Reed struck out to end the game. Buddy Reed has been struggling, uh, you know, hitting in double A, but he's got 15 stolen bags. And here are my thoughts on on Hudson and, and Buddy. You know, those guys getting brought up to double A, I'm not expecting, you know, if we get some production out of them, if they start hitting, if they start showing some power, whatever we get out of them for the rest of this year uh, is a bonus. I just think for this last six, seven weeks of the season, let them get comfortable. And I know you guys, Buddy Reed's been there a little bit longer, and he really came on strong in Lake Elsinore. But when you get up to double A, like I keep preaching, every division, every step up, is just that much harder. And I think it takes a while for people to get adjusted. So um, for me, whatever they do is just, it, it, you take the good and you throw away the bad because those two guys are going to be there next year. And then we'll see where they are, say mid-season AA next year. Um, we hope the best for them and they should do well. But, you know, that's just, let's not, let's just let them be and let them go about their business. Moving on. Friday, Michelle Bias had a rude welcoming to the Texas League. Uh, he gave up three runs in the first, three runs in the second, um, giving up a two-run homer and a two-run double in the first two innings. It seemed after that, you know, I, you know, I watched that game, and he had the slider working, he had the fastball, but it just, he was missing with location, he had to go in, and when you throw it down the middle, they're going to hit it. 
and he just seemed like he just didn't get comfortable. And, you know, it might have been a little bit of nerves with him uh, having his first double-A start, you know, on a bigger stage. Uh, anyways, after those first two innings, he did really well. He settled down after that, allowing just one single in his last four frames and finished the day with eight strikeouts. So the strikeouts are there. He has the swing and miss stuff. Uh, it's just for him to uh, just to execute. You know, and once again, with Michelle Baez, with any of these guys coming up this last third of the season or even halfway through the season promotions, um, the biggest step is from high A to double A. And it's showing right now with your buddy Reed, with, you know, with Huddy Potts has only been there seven games. But, you know, with Michelle Baez, who didn't have light outs, lights out stuff in, in high A, but certainly was doing well. So it's a big adjustment. Let them find their way. And they will. And we'll move on. So that Friday game, getting back to it, Buddy Reed had two doubles. And has uh, it was his first multi-hit game. And his numbers are 186, 248, and 227 um, with a 27% strikeout rate in 24 games. But once again, that's 24 games. That's just a drop in the bucket of higher caliber pitching, higher caliber competition. So once again, we'll just let him go. And let him do their thing. Uh, moving on, outfielder Tyler Cowley, Taylor Cowley, excuse me, is on a hot streak. He's hitting 414, 500, and 603 with two homers with two homers in his last 21 games. Another one of those guys who just um he came up as a as a filler and uh, you know and is doing really well. Also in that game, uh, Kobe Blueberg had seven strikeouts and his most in one appearance as a professional with three and with third innings pitched. He gave up two hits and no runs. Moving on to Saturday. This last Saturday, once again, Taylor Callaway tripled Saturday and is hitting 345, 429, and 524 in 29 games since the All-Star break. After hitting one homer in each of his in each 2016-2017, the left-hander swinging Callaway has seven homers between Lake Elsinore and San Antonio this year. So the power's starting to come. He's starting to put it together. And uh, we'll see. We'll expect more. We'll, we'll hope he does better. That was exactly the right thing to say, but I hope he continues to develop and do well. Thank you very much. I'm all by myself here. Uh, anyways, moving on, right-handed Andres Munoz threw a scoreless inning in the loss, striking out a batter. Munoz has produced a 1.38 ERA. He's a 19-year-old throwing triple digits in double-A in a 13 double-A innings, but his walks are high. So that's, you know, with the velocity, with the youth, uh, you know, with the inexperience, you get walks. And you're going to get guys, you're going to strike them out or you're going to walk. So he's going to be there for a while. I can watch for him to continue to develop and continue to do well. Um, he is a uh, he is going to be a piece of the future. We just have to be patient with him. At 19 years old in double-A pitching uh, is not as easy as uh, having a 19-year-old in double-A hitting or a position player. Uh, it's a whole different ballgame, but I'm telling you, triple-A, uh, triple digits does work. Um, here's another player who's seen all four affiliates this year. Emmanuel Ramirez had a solid debut uh, in double-A. The 24-year-old who has now appeared in all four affiliates allowed two runs over four innings with six strikeouts. He's whiffed 115 in 95 and two-thirds innings this year. Um, with Emmanuel, it, it's been, he started out rehabbing. He is coming back from injury. I can't remember exactly what that injury was. 
Um, but he, uh, you know, now he's up in double A and we're going to see what he's got at 24 years old. He is age appropriate for his, his division or his, uh, you know, his level. So let's see where that goes. And we will, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Sorry guys. I'm here all by myself, just chatting here. Be careful. The cat might come through here and, uh, and say, meow. So if you hear a cat come in here and start meowing, that's just cause I can't stop what I'm doing and, you know, push the cat away. Moving on. Uh, Tuesday, this last Tuesday, Josh Naylor returned to the lineup and collected an RBI single. Hudson Potts collected his first double-A home run, giving him 18 on the season as he chases 20 for the second year in a row. And that's fantastic to see. You know, to see him get his first home run in double-A, build some confidence, and uh, we'll see how it goes. If he gets 20 home runs, he finishes, you know, 23, maybe 24 home runs by the end of the year. That's an incredibly successful uh, successful season for him. He is, I believe, our third baseman of the future. We just need to be patient and let him develop. Moving on, someone we haven't really talked about a lot, who uh, who's kind of gone under the radar um, this year has been Michael Geddes. Uh, he has been struggling all year on double A. And, uh, you know, I don't want to end every episode or have every episode talking about how he went over or how he's not doing so well. So we've kind of kept him out of the, uh, you know, out of the news or at least here on Friars on the farm. But this last Tuesday, he had an amazing game. He got on base three times, hit his 13th homer of the year. He had two assists. He threw out a guy at the plate and then made a nice catch in the outfield and then doubled up a guy at second. Um, you know, but once again, he's hitting, he's, he's been in a two for 36 slump of 17 Ks. Um, we're just going to let, him be the glove is there the defense is there we just need the time for the bat to catch up and hopefully uh hopefully that'll be the case so that's it with double a san antonio we'll be right back with the uh with the lake elsinore storm all right and welcome back we are on to lake elsinore uh starting with last wednesday nick margovich's uh, held the facility to one run over seven innings uh, on the road. So here's something kind of uh, kind of bizarre a little bit. Both Nick Margovich and Reggie Lawson have horrible road numbers. Uh, Nick's number is 11. He has 11.3 ERA in 14 and a third innings on the road, but it's been lights out at home at a .95 ERA in 19 and a third innings. And um, you know Reggie Lawson kind of has the same the same line, just. Horrible road road numbers, horrible ERA, uh, but at home pitching really well. Now I don't know if that's um, from you know pitching up in you know Lancaster too often, or maybe their starts you know at Visalia are a little. Uh, I don't know the hitting conditions in Visalia, or even around to Cucamonga. But I would suspect that you know a lot of those places are the ball travels. It's hard ground. The balls that normally would be caught or uh, not get through the infield um, are caught. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. But that's just some some of the little little uh, not alarming, just a little little note to know. Uh, moving on, he threw. Uh, He's very efficient. He had through ninety two pitches and sixty for strikes. Uh, Luis Torrens, who we haven't heard of for a while, went four for five with a double and a homer. He has a slash line of two ninety two, three thirty, and four twenty six, which is just above league average and a team leading sixty one RBIs. Um, you know, this is the most, I think a little bit later on here, we, we talk about how much he is 
now caught more innings than he's ever caught in his professional career. So Michael Contu came up from the Arizona League, and he's going to be filling in with Luis Torrens, kind of giving him a break, giving him a breather, and we're going to get to see how this new kid Cantu uh, pitches. All right, sorry, catches, excuse me. Um, also in that game on last Wednesday, Edward Olivares has 830 OPS. K-Rays dropped a little bit, but his ISO power, his isolated power has been raised. So that's always a plus. Uh, Saturday, Aaron Lesher made his high eight debut. Lesher allowing an unearned run in six innings, scattering seven hits. The former Moorhead State Stars averaged about a strikeout per inning since the Padres selected him in the sixth round last June. Um, DH Michael Cantu homered as a part of his multi-hit game. Uh, signed as an undrafted free agent out of Texas last summer, the 22-year-old catcher is in his second stint with a storm this season. Now, I don't remember him coming up. Um, and say what you want about uh, undrafted free agents, but there was an undrafted free agent uh, out of where I work at UCSD, a guy named Jack Larson. Um, was undrafted. Seattle signed him. He uh, he played in the Midwest League for the Clinton uh, Lumber Kings. Did incredibly well. Made the All Star team. Got draft or got sent up to Modesto. Is now playing against our Storm in Modesto. Um, so not every you know not every player that is drafted uh, you know is gonna you know every player that gets drafted you know, isn't necessarily going to be on the radar. Some of these under, you know, the undrafted free agents get signed and they do well. You know, Jack Larson's a left-handed right uh, left-handed hitting right fielder uh, with some pop. So we'll see what Michael Cantu can do or cannot do. Insert joke right there. <laughs> Anyways, ah, moving on. I'm having fun here. Uh, Chris Baker homered Saturday. He has a five-game hitting streak, and in the Washington Huskies, hitting 314 over his last 10 games. The 23-year-old can play all over the dirt and has a little pop in his back. So Chris Baker, interesting guy. I, I, he, he's lanky, plays all the infield spots, you know, and um, but the consistency is not there. We need to see a little more consistency out of him. I love him. I, I I follow him on Instagram. A lot of the uh, a lot of the pictures I see him, he's just smiling, having a good time. Just one of those guys who loves playing baseball. And those guys that love playing baseball, I want to see do well. So let's hope Chris does a lot, you know, does better in the future. Maybe we'll see him up in Double A next year or sometime soon. Moving on, Sunday. Brad Zunica hit his 16th. Speaking of guys, I want to see up moving up soon. Brad Zunica hit his 16th homer of the season. Um. Another guy who has the pop in his bat, big first baseman, left-handed swing, just needs to find some consistency. And, uh, you know, he made those, we talked about it earlier, uh, several, several um, episodes ago about him dropping that leg kick and just putting his foot up, you know, picking his foot up and putting it down, which, uh, you know, made some, had him, give him some better success, excuse me. Um but it seems to have been falling off by the wayside. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but um, you know, I haven't seen much tweeted on him. I haven't seen much in the uh, in the write-ups that I get. Um, but I love Brad. I believe in Brad. Um, we'll see how he does when he gets up to Double A next year. That same game, rehabbing Brian Mitchell pitched five innings and gave up only one run. Now this is the first time, although he's a rehabbing major leaguer, this is the best I've seen our heard this guy pitch uh since we got him in the chase headley trade um he's down there trying to rehab trying to make it back to the major league club and so that's 
you know, what Preller said in the interview a couple of weeks ago on the Darren Smith show was, you know, we were trying to get some value out of him. So hopefully uh, he started to put that together. Moving on in the same game, this is the last Sunday before uh, Will Myers made his Major League debut at third base, which he did really well. He played third base and kind of pop up in his direction. Uh, you know, and everyone had the tweet of the video of, um, of him catching it. And uh, great for Will. He's doing great. Fantastic. Let's move on. Um, Jorge Ona, 0 for 11 since returning from his injury. And that's, um, you know, we, we just, we we hope, I hope the best for Jorge Ona again. You know, I want to see that pop come in the bat. Uh, I would love to see some more consistency. But after getting injured this year, um, this season is almost a wash. And just kind of let him get his feet underneath him. And then we can just reset next season and see where he is. I want to book in the storm with uh, this last Tuesday's Nick Margovich's start. He struck out a career high eleven in five innings, allowing no base runners. Uh, then he, oh sorry, uh, he allowed more base runners than he did in his seventh inning start last week. How did I read that? Anyways, strike that, reverse it. Let's just say he had eleven strikeouts, which is fantastic. He's also up to one hundred and fourteen innings on the year. I will likely continue to be piggybacked with Reggie Lawson uh, and their hopes, the organization's way of kind of limiting their innings while still getting plenty of work in uh, with the piggybacking starter and then having another starter come in three or four innings later and finishing the game. Uh, that wraps up. That's two solid starts from Nick Margovich. I mean, we're big Nick Margovich's fan here at Friars on the Farm, and we're happy to see him do well because he's not he's not going to overpower you with velocity. He's gonna he's gonna get you off balance with the off speed, with the breaking ball, you know, mixing in the fastball. So um, that's good to see. Let's move on to Fort Wayne. And the big news in Fort Wayne, ladies and gentlemen, is my guys, Roy, my co-host, his boy Dan Dallas, has been promoted up to Fort Wayne. Really good to see. He was dominating, and he was just kind of a big fish, a relief pitcher in in Tri-Cities. Now he's up to Fort Wayne. Really good to see. But let's move on from that, and we'll continue to watch his development as the rest of the season unfolds. Going back to last Wednesday, it was just a tough game. I I watched a little bit of this game from Mackenzie Gore. He had struggled from the start. He gave up five earned runs in three innings. And they were just, they were, you know, they were queuing off on the fastball. And he wasn't locating into the off-speed stuff, so they just tagged him for a bunch of runs. Um, and one of the things, I, I, the beauty of having a minor league podcast is any, you know, if, if any of these guys are, are not doing well or if they're struggling with pitching or when they're struggling at the plate, you know, it's development. Um, they're just learning. And, um, you know, that for me is is more important than kind of, you know, really talking about their successes. Of course, you, you want them to come up. You want them to do well. You want them to have success. But I want to see what happens when they don't have success. I want to see how they react when they give up five runs in three innings, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later in his and Mackenzie Gore's last start. But still with that last uh, that last Wednesday's game, Oliver Bazaby and Owen Miller both made their Midwest debuts. Shortstop, second base, um, double play combo. Extraordinaire came up from... From Fort Wayne, uh, sorry, from Tri-Cities up to Fort Wayne. Miller playing DH broke a 5-5 tie with his first home run of the year for Fort Wayne. Basby, who would prove to be a game-winning RBI triple in the seventh. So those boys came up, made a difference right away in the first game. Gable Arias, who had two more hits and had two more hits, um, and a single to extend his on-base streak to 17 games. 
So Gabriel Harris continues to do well. This is last Wednesday, so I'll see if I got any more notes on him coming up. But it's glad to see that Gabriel may be starting to put something together uh, this last month of the season, and we might be able to see him up in Lake Elsinore next year. Um, also in that game, Jack Zuwinski drove uh, drew a season-high four walks and managed to add 68 points to his OPS in the last eight games. Go, Jack! Um, Thursday, Osvaldo Hernandez pitched six shutout innings, lowering his league-leading ERA to 1.81. The Southpaw allowed just a single hit, and over his last five starts, Hernandez allowed just two earned runs and 28 and two-thirds innings. Ladies and gentlemen, our God, just so much talent. Next, you know, this, talking about last year into the starting rotation for Lake Elsinore this year, this year, talking about next year, we're going to see Hernandez. We're going to see Patino. We're going to see Mackenzie Gore. We're going to see another five or six strong starting pitchers in Lake Elsinore for us San Diegans here, Um, along with a lot of the Lake Elsinore guys moving up. Your Mora Holmes. You know, I, I will, I'm not sure if Nick Markovitches will move up, but definitely going to see Morahone move up. Um, and it's just, you know, the pitching is is what I think really drives, and I'll say this as I always say this, it continues to drive the organization, is the pitching. And like Cal Glazer said last week, Osvaldo Hernandez is a kitchen sink. He will throw you a curveball. He'll throw you a changeup. He'll throw you a two-seamer. He'll throw you a four-seamer. He will break up your timing, and that's what he's done in these lower levels, you know, is just – Break up the timing, and we'll see how that works when they get some more advanced hitters up in uh, up in AAA later on. Uh, well, maybe probably next year. But from what from what we've kind of heard is he was more than likely going to stay in Fort Wayne for the rest of the year. Um, shortstop Owen Miller homered for the second consecutive game <clears throat> that last Thursday. The former Illinois State star is four for nine in his first two games with the Tin Caps. A 2018 draft pick, right-handed pitcher Reese. Kerr, 20th round, pitched two scoreless innings, striking out four. Kerr began his pro career in the AZL, pitching <clears throat> to a 2.84 ERA in 19 innings. Also, 2018 uh, pick right-handed pitcher Jose Quezada in the 10th round, pitched a scoreless inning. Quezada, a righty out of Texas Tech, has a mid-90s fastball and has touched 98 in a few outings this year. Moving on, moving on to Sunday, Luis Patino fanned nine. God, was that... I can't remember where I was at when I heard this, but he had fanned nine batters. It's his career high, and he was sharp from the beginning. Two walks. He, but pardon me. Um, but with those nine strikeouts came a lot of development, and he had two walks. He hit a batter. He uncorked two wild pitches, but still only managed to you know allow one earned run. So <clears throat> with the nine strikeouts, with the dominant performance, you also get a little bit of like he needs to kind of rein in that. You know, as we call here at Friars on the Farm, that wild stallion. He's just, you know, you see him pitch. You see that high leg kick. You see the bulldog mentality that he has and the aggressive nature that he pitches. Um, he, You know, as he develops, he'll rein that, that energy, that aggressiveness in and really bottle it. And really, you know, he's really showing what uh, – can be a, a top of the line starter, you know, coming up the next two years, maybe three years. Uh, he's still very young, only 18. So he gets up to triple, uh, sorry, he gets up to Lake, Lake Elsinore next year, maybe a double A midseason call up if he continues to pitch well. Uh, maybe even by the end of next season, he, he, uh, 
he sees AAA. I doubt it, not with his age, but, you know, the Padres say that they, you know, he will judge how far he goes with how well he pitches. So, um, Luis Patino being Luis Patino, uh, good for him. Estuary Ruiz in that game had an RBI single and stole second and then third after getting hit by a pitch, showcasing 80 grade speed for one evaluator has given him. So, an RBI single, then he stole second and third. After getting hit by a pitch. So he had a single, then got hit by a pitch, stole second, stole third. Sorry, I can't even read my own notes. Um, <laughs> please bear with me. And if you're continuing to listen after this, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, but he has a long way to go, Ruiz does. Uh, he, has, uh, he had three errors in that game. Dennis Lynn had a really good article. His his fan, uh, Estuary Ruiz, is um, the Yankee second baseman. God, I can't remember the life of me. Alfonso Soriano, that was it. Really good article from Dennis Lynn on Estuary Ruiz. Um, he wants to be Alfonso Soriano, and that's his hero, which is a great hero to have. Um, he's not there yet. We're not sure if he has the power, but if you get a chance, go on the uh, Athletic and read the nice article from Dennis Lynn. Um, he's got 24 errors uh, for the season, and he had 20 of those at second base. In that same game, Jack Zawinski had two singles, pushing the slash line to 375, 447, and 625. Gilbert Arias also in, had a couple of walks. For the third time in a row, he's reached base safely in 21 games. So that's fantastic for him. Moving on, this last Tuesday, and this is going to round out for uh, Fort Wayne. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, Mackenzie Gore consistently pitched ahead in the count, going right after batters. His fastball topped out at 96 with a change around 88 and a curve as low as 79 miles an hour. He had six hits, all singles, allowed um, the only single that came off the fastball. And when he started to mix in his change and curve the last two times through the order, the results were completely different. While they were still catching up to his fastball, they had no chance when he threw anything else, either flailing wildly or rolling over and grounding the short. Gore retired 10 of the last 11 batters he faced, allowing just one infield single on that span. So, Mackenzie Gore showing the flashes of what we hope to see consistently. Um, but as I started the beginning of this in Fort Wayne uh, roundup, you know, his last start wasn't so great. So, the consistency, the learning, the development will come. We're going to see flashes of that. And as the rest of this year kind of goes on, um, we'll see if he can continue to build on the, this last successful start, move forward, and we'll see how it goes. Um, let's move on to Tri-City. <clears throat> David J. from Madfires has a great article, uh, um, excuse me, great interview with him. Uh, Luis Asuncion, Asuncion, thank you very much. Um, he's converted from the outfield into first base. Now, he was the he was the Midwest League All-Star MVP player last year, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, and he's been in Tri-Cities all this year. So something, you know, and I'm wondering why he's not getting called up. Why isn't he up to Fort Wayne? Um, why hasn't he made his way up to to uh, to Lake Elsinore? There must be something in the organization that has him working on, and apparently right now it's, you know, learning first base um, that has kept him down there, because I think he's 21, maybe 22 years old. Um, anyways, this, this answer from him kind of really rounds up, uh, what kind of player he is. Uh, and the question is, how are you feeling about the conversion to first base? His answer is, well, it's always good. First, that I still have a chance to play baseball. That's all we care about. It's better than I thought I was, it's better than I thought it was going to be. I've been making plays at first and they have 
been impressive for me, and that had been impressive for me. I feel really good just trusting the process. Now, that sounds like a kid who just loves playing baseball. And if he's just going to continue to learn first base and continue having fun, it doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to have success. Um, and that kind of attitude of just trusting the process is fantastic. Um, we hope big things for him, and uh, we'll move on. This last Friday, uh, John Connor was actually up in uh, Tri-Cities and should have some more content coming out from uh, from him uh, on Mad Fires coming up. But Luis Asuncion, talking of which, had DH'd for that game, went 3 for 4, while center fielder Grant Little was 2 for 4 and made several nice plays in the field. Omar Cruz, the young pitcher, walked 5 and lasted only 3 and 2 thirds innings. Woof. Catcher Blake Hunt threw out 3 of the 5 runners attempting to steal. Coach uh, Mike McCoy on Blake. Blake has a great arm. is consistently working on his receiving. He's come a long way since the beginning of the year. So that's great to hear from the coaches. He's developing. He's getting better. Um, and we'll see what we get out of Blake Hunt. Tusapita Marcano and Xavier Edwards made their uh, couple of smooth double plays. Excuse me. Tusapita notched his first hit while Xavier went hitless. Uh, this is also from... Um, from the coach, I've seen Tusapita throughout extended, and he is a stud on defense. He's an athletic, good arm, and good hands. With Edwards, I've seen him the past couple of days, and he seems very athletic with the defense coming easily to him. It's always nice to have athletes up the middle. And what do we preach about here on Friars on the Farm? It's that when we draft, we don't draft for position need. We draft the best athlete we can. That way, the athlete can move like Asuncion from outfield to first base. Um, and all the, you know, your, your Kyle Overstreet, who drafted his second baseman, spent a whole year behind the dish, and then is now at first base and coming back to second base. Best athlete. And with athletes, you can mold that clay and do, hopefully, major league rock. Rock! <laughs> oh, I really appreciate you guys sticking around for the rest of this. We're uh, we're almost done with Tri-Cities, but uh, let's move on to... To Saturday, Michael Curry hit a tying, a tie-breaking bases loaded double in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, said Curry on his uh, on his at bat, I knew he was a splitter guy, and I was able to get into a three-one count. I was thinking right center and was able to do some damage. Uh, Michael has been converted from catcher to the outfield. So once again, that just shows that we we draft the best athlete, and you can move him around to where you need him, where he best fits. Um, right-handed. Angel Acevedo, 19, went six strong innings in that Saturday game with four strikeouts and no walks as he threw consistently 92 to 95 range. He was signed, um, he was in that <clears throat> that giant uh, international signing back in 2016 out of Venezuela and really spent the last couple years um, in the AZL um, coming up. Anyways, he's been one of the Better starters for the Dust Devils this season with a 2.88 ERA and 40 and two-thirds innings, 34 strikeouts, only 12 base on balls for a 4-1 record. Also in that Saturday game, Tusapita Marcano uh, tied the game in the fifth inning with an RBI single to center. Fantastic to see that these young guys are coming up in big situations and performing. Moving on. Sunday. Adrian Martinez went five innings of scoreless ball while striking out three, his best outing of the season. With that, we had Wen Hua Sung, who had his worst outing of the season, giving up six earned runs, only recording two outs before he was pulled in that last Sunday's game. Uh, Sung, 21, is the Padres' first 
signing from Asia. He's missed all of the 17, uh, 2017 season with injuries. So just let him find his feet in, in, uh, in Tri-Cities. Um, this last Sunday, also to Cepeda, went three for five with a triple. He's hitting 313 in his first four games. On to Monday, once again, Tusapita Marcano, three for five again, and the shortstop is hitting 381. So I'm sorry, folks. I, I, I just put these together, and I I'll sometimes put stats on top of stats. But as of last Monday, hitting 381, he has one strikeout and 22 trips to the plate, <clears throat> and he's a left-handed hitter. Xavier, Na- uh, sorry, Xavier, I almost said Xavier Nady. Xavier Edwards went hitless but had two walks and stole second. Cole Bellinger that last Monday allowed just one earned run in six innings of work. <clears throat> that Tri-Cities guy, you know, there's lots of talent down there. Tuzapita and, and uh, Xavier coming up from the AZL. Let's watch them this last season, this last part of the uh, the season, and how well they do. And uh, and that's just, just so much God-loving talent in this, uh, in this organization. So we're almost done, folks. Thanks for hanging in there with me. I hope to have Roy back next Wednesday where, uh, you know, uh, we'll do our affiliate rundown, but we'll definitely have a lot more to talk about um, than just me yapping at my computer, yapping at you guys. So I appreciate you guys staying in there. Let's get into the AZL, starting with last Thursday, outfielder Mason House. Now, remember, Mason started in, in Tri-Cities this year, but just couldn't find his bat. And um, he's since been, you know, back to the AZL. And he's doing really well. This last Thursday, he had three hits, including a triple. Um, he has struck out in over 40% of his plate appearances at both levels this season. So he's starting to put a little bit together down back in the AZL, but still, wow, 40%, still a long way to go. And that's all right, because that's what the AZL there is for, for him to find his feeding. Uh, sorry, find his footing. Cat- catcher Johnny Hosma had a hit and drew a walk. Hosma, who was the second season of his conversion to catcher, has thrown out 32% of base dealers and has cut down his amount of pass balls considerably. Great to see some development there. Great to see that we have a lot of catchers in this system um, that if they continue on their development, continue on their rise, uh, we're going to have a plethora of catchers. We're going to have a plethora of center fielders. We're just going to have so much talent here. Um that when the big league club needs to make that big trade, that we're going to be able to, you know, trade away some of this uh, depth uh, for a for a major league hitter or maybe a major league bat. Um, and we'll see how, when that when that time comes. It could be years from now, but there's just so much talent. <clears throat> Anyways, Hosma uh, Hamza, sorry, has shown a keen eye at the plate. He's got a 374 on on base percentage, so he's getting plenty of walks. Um, right-handed pitcher Ephraim Contreras came out of the pen and threw five solid innings. Contreras has made his pro debut in the DSL this year, has a 3.55 ERA while averaging a strikeout per inning with the AZL club. Here, uh, here's another, uh, here's a quoted tweet that I got from Matt Fryers. Easy to lose track of him in a system with about 400 impressive left-handed pitching, left-handed starting pitchers. But Joey Cantillo is putting on a show in the AZL. Still 18, the big Hawaiian has a 1.98 ERA with a 46-10 K to baseball uh, base on ball ratio and 36 in the third innings. Wouldn't be shocking if he's a part of the next round of pitching moves that moves up to uh, Tri-Cities. Uh, Friday, here's another pitcher as well. Um, Nick Thwaites had another shutout appearance, allowing 
a one-out single in the first. He retired 13 batters in a row until a pair of two-outs, uh, two-out hits chased him in the fifth. The 15-round draft pick in the June 15, uh, sorry, in uh, last June's draft has a 1.08 ERA in 16 and two-thirds innings, and it has limited hitters to 136 batting average. Um, also, here's something very interesting. Infielder turned pitcher Carlos Belin has a 1.98 ERA, uh, 16 to 7 K to base on ball ratio, and 13 and two-thirds ACL innings. Now, remember, folks, that's 13 innings. <clears throat> Same thing with Nick DeWaites. You know, these are really small sample sizes, but in the AZL, they're only pitching two innings. They're only pitching three innings. Rarely have, will you see a five-inning outing from these guys. Uh, you, they're just in the AZL to build up arm strength, to to show what they got, and, and you know, to kind of just get their feet wet in pro ball. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. I really appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there. I hope you listen to the whole thing. Um, you can find me at SD Donovan uh, on Twitter. And uh, hopefully Roy will be back next week. I'll see him tonight at the baseball game. We'll watch uh, Lance Nix pitch against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Till then, uh, have a great day and go Padres.